the four main events in Scripture that everyone must understand. The beginning and the loss of sonship, the first coming of Jesus and the restoration of sonship, the second coming of Jesus, and finally, the end. Well, we'll discuss these events while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and I do certainly appreciate you joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. And I've got, uh, I will be taking your calls today to the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And wow, what a week it has been, right? I mean, Monday we talked about, um, hey, sinners repent and backsliders come home. And what a great message that was. It was straight from the Lord. I had another total, an entire program laid out for you. And God kind of took over Monday's program, right? So uh, Tuesday, George Orwell on steroids. Doug and Vince talked about that. Wednesday, I had Pastor Hodges on. And he was the one who won the $1.6 million lawsuit against um, Governor Gavin Newsom in California to leave the churches open. They, Governor Gavin Newsom had said, hey, the churches can only, only 100 people at the most can meet in a church. If the church had 2,500 members, they would only allow 100 to meet, but yet they were allowing strip clubs and big box stores and amusement parks and bars and all kinds of different things to open up, but yet the churches were not treated equally. And so he and a coalition of churches sued Governor Gavin Newsom. It went, ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court and they were victorious in that. And in a future health crisis or pandemic, uh, we could, churches could use that as a pandemic to keep their church open. And so, or at least to be treated equally uh, like all the other uh, corporations and different things are. So very, very important precedence that was set there. If you haven't watched Wednesday's program, I would encourage you to do that, especially if you are a pastor. Because a lot of pastors are asking, what do we do during times of um, a future pandemic or something like that. Well, I have to close my church. Well, no, you don't. So very important ruling there. And then, of course, yesterday, Doug and Vince talked about, will America be destroyed? The answer to that certainly is no. The Bible specifically says that Israel, in the end time, during the time of the Antichrist, will be carried away on the wings of a great eagle, the nation of America, and where she is nursed in her place for time, times, and half a time. So Doug and Vince... Um, analyze that and give you the answer. And then I want to announce really quickly before I'm, I'm going to go to the phones here in just a little bit. But Monday, I will be interviewing G. Edward Griffin. And he's the one that wrote A Creature from Jekyll Isle, and that exposed the Federal Reserve and many other things, inflation, a lot of different stuff. And also the fearful master that exposed the United Nations for what it really is. Man, I have looked forward to interviewing G. Edward Griffin for years now. I've used so much of his material in our magazine. My father-in-law's interviewing Irvin Baxter interviewed him many times years ago. But I want to develop a relationship with him because I'm telling you guys, if you don't know what the Federal Reserve really is and the United Nations and globalism and, and collectivism and all these other things, 
then you will not really be able to fully grasp what the, mar what the Antichrist is, the mark of the beast, the world government, and all these different things prophesied in the Bible. G. Edward Griffin, I don't even know if he understands Bible prophecy, but he sure has exposed a lot of these things that are the world government and things that are pointing us towards globalism and all these different things. So uh, look for, looking forward to that um, interview on Monday. And then before we get started on the, on the phones here and uh, probably go to them right after the first break here, I want to acknowledge a person, the first person to ever retire from End Time Ministries. Irvin Baxter wasn't able to retire. He had no plans to retire. Uh, and of course the Lord had different plans for him. However, we had an employee here. Her name was Ginger Boykircher. And in the fall of 2001, the co-host of Politics and Religion at that time put out a call over the air during the daily broadcast for those who would like to help end time from their home computers. And Ginger Boerkircher answered the call and began working for End Time back in October of 2001. She was a uh, transcriber along with about 50 others who answered the call. Soon after Ginger was put in charge of the transcription team and began helping with research and several other things over the next few years. In January of 2004, Ginger started doing articles for End Times e-newsletter and did this every week through the, end, through the end of this month. This week is going to be her last week with us. And I'm very sad about that because she's just, just a, a wonderful individual and very, very faithful to End Time Ministries and the Kingdom of God. So the newsletter articles back then, they were used as the foundation for our world review section in our magazine, End Time Magazine. And of course, her name was added to the world reviews byline at that point. So a very, very important part of End Time Ministries for years now. And starting with the November, December 2006 End Time Magazine issue, Ginger began doing World Review on her own and continued this through the, this month, no, the November, December, or I'm sorry, uh, the next few months, no, the November, December issue of this year. She's already written that and, and turned it in. And this week is Ginger's last week with End Time. Uh, she's going to retire it almost makes you want to start crying because just to find people that are this devoted to the kingdom of God and especially to end time ministries has been, uh, that's been an experience, right? And so um, Ginger has worked for end time ministries for 22 years. And prior to all of this, Ginger had been promoting end time by handing out bulk subscriptions of our magazines uh, since the early 90s. And she started listening to the broadcast when it was politics and religion just a few months after End Time went on the air back in 98. And then in December of 2000, she, went, she sent an email with the link to the United Nations webpage that showed a quote about the Chernobyl, uh, was meaning Wormwood. Of course, that's the third trumpet in the book of Revelation. And of course, it was mentioned on the air on December 15th um, of that year and the broadcast, and, and they were thanking Ginger for sending it in. And so... With all that said, End Time Ministries, myself, my mother-in-law, Judy Baxter, Vince, all of us, Doug Norvell, our family, we want to say a special thank you to Ginger Boykircher. And may God bless you, Ginger, and all that you've helped do for End Time Ministries. You're, you're faithful and you're, you're just totally devoted. And more importantly than that, in the kingdom of God, all the people that have been reached through your writings and the helped be kept up to date on what's going on with these end time events. 
thank you so much for your devotion. And we're all sad to see you leave. I know all good things must come to the end, they say. However, um, we certainly will miss you. Thank you for your devotion to end time and the kingdom of God. And may God richly bless you and Dave as you um, navigate the waters just ahead and evangelize this world for the cause of Jesus Christ. I know that you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ in this earth, you and your husband, and I know that you will remain faithful and that God's gonna bless you in your endeavors going forward. So God bless you, Ginger and Dave. Thank you so much for all you've done for the kingdom of God. All right, everybody, we're gonna get straight to the phones. When we get back, we got a lot of good questions and different things here, so the number to reach me, 877-363-8463. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity Die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more end time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody, and um, I do ask you to keep my wife and I in your prayers. Next Tuesday, we will be leaving for the fall Israel trip, and uh, we've got 40-plus people going with us. In the spring, we will be going to, it's in sometime in May next year. I know a lot of people are wanting to put in their vacations the first part of the year, so it's going to be in May sometime. 
we will be going to Israel, and I think we're going to go to Israel and Jordan. We'll be going down to Petro, we're going to Mount Nebo and different places. So uh, if you'd like to go with us in the spring, contact Jana Robbins, my wife, or Brittany Motes, and they can send you the information for that. And we've got a lot of people that have expressed interest. This, this tour here, we turned around in about three months. And, but the next one, we'll have six, seven months to turn that one around. We've got a lot of people interested in going with that. So looking forward to that next trip to Israel. If you've ever thought about going to Israel, would want to go. Uh, my wife and I have been, I honestly don't remember how many times I've been. It's probably 15 or 16 times. My wife's been 27 or 28 times. And we'll go to the college. We'll do a lot of different things. I mean, you guys just have to go with us. You need to get the prophecy, the biblical, the historic, uh, everything about the archaeological part. Our guides are so awesome. It's just a different trip than most people go on. So if you've never been to Israel and you want to go, uh, contact uh, Jana or Brittany and get all the information. Okay, so without, with, with that said, let's get to the phones. Again, the number to reach me, one 877 363-8463. There's a lot going on in the news right now that we could talk about. If you got any questions, uh, let's get into it. Or prophecy questions. If you got a prophecy question you always wanted to ask, man, give us a call. This is open line. So let's go to Arthur in Missouri. God bless Arthur. Welcome to the End Time Show. Oh, good afternoon. God bless you. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Thank you. Oh, I'd like to make a quick comment about... Uh, you said next Monday you'll have Griffin, and um, maybe you could do a little check up on the, uh, you know, in 2010 there was uh, a partial audit on the Federal Reserve, and I just uh, thought I'd give you a heads up on that. You know, Senator Rand Paul talks a lot about that. Mm -hmm. $16 trillion was loaned out back in 2010, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. That's playing dangerously. Yeah, hey, oh, let, now, me, let me ask you a question, Arthur. Can you send me some information on that? Because I was not aware that the Fed had ever been audited. Uh, yes, um, okay. Um, yeah, just, um, actually, the um, Bernie, believe it or not, Senator Bernie Sanders' website used to have a lot of information on that because he, did, he was one of the co-sponsors of that audit along with... Um, conservative uh, Republican Senator Jim DeMent, mm -hmm. who was senator at that time. Sure, but that, uh, yeah. what, so you're saying it was a partial audit, so maybe they went into the, the Treasury and different things, but they have never been fully audited. Right. Right, right. Yeah, so, that, just would, one. that could never happen. Right, exactly. But it, was, uh, <laughs> it was still pretty revealing. You had, you know, 20-some 20, 20 uh, banks, um, about a half a dozen of them were actually European banks. Right. Dividing up uh, $16 trillion. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but. Made out of thin air, totally fiat money. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Absolutely. And yep. then, then you mentioned the gruesome newsome. And uh, I just wanted to mention that, you know, the price of gas in California now is about $5 a gallon. I just thought I'd oh, sure. throw that yeah, in there. And then, and then hey, what, what I really wanted to talk about yesterday, uh, uh, your two uh, excellent associates were talking about, you know, America and Daniel 7. Yes. And, and uh, I wanted to, of course, uh, in in um, Daniel 8, mm -hmm. uh, verse, um, let's see, 20 yeah, and 21. 20 and 21, right. You know, they um, people mess up 
they make the mistake of putting um, Media and uh, or uh, Greece and Persia in Chapter Seven, but really they're in Chapter Eight because Chapter Eight says uh, the ram is the symbol for Persia and the goat is the symbol for Greece. Yes. And uh, I just w- was noticing it's it's interesting. You look up on the internet, look up these old coins of Greece, and they'll have Alexander on one side, then a goat on the other. Yes. Or a satyr, oh, man goat, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. And I, I just, and that was, so it was a contemporary symbol of that day. And so it's just sad how people can make that mistake. And uh, right. it's just a coincidence. Yes, sir. You know, that they put Greece and uh, Persia in Chapter 7. Yeah, but, and a, a lot of people have tried to, well, I say should say some people, have tried to make media Persia out in Revelation chapter 8 as Iran because it mentions Persia, but it's specifically mentioning media Persia that took over uh, and defeated Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian kingdom. That's what Revelation 8.20 is talking about. And then, of course, the goat with one horn, of course, that is um, Grisha, and that at the horn is, talking, is referring to uh, Alexander the Great. So you got to make sure when you're trying to um, figure out Daniel 2, Daniel 7, and Daniel 8 that you don't get these all mixed up and, you know, you got to know who, which things these are talking about because in Daniel 7, it specifically says that those nations would be on the earth when the Ancient of Days would come back to establish his kingdom. And so there's a difference in that in Daniel 2 and Daniel 8. So you got to make sure you can, uh, you know, get all these things right here because you can get very confused if you don't have a, a good foundation here. Amen. Yes. Amen. Good point. Very good. Well, Arthur, I do thank you for the call, my friend. Great information. And I, too, am looking forward to to interviewing G. Edward Griffin. Um, I don't know if I'd call him a hero of mine, but in the the publishing world, in the the, the writing, he really has exposed some, some prophetic things. Again, I don't know if he understands prophecy or not. However, for him to expose the world government, the, the United Nations, for what it really is and what it was designed to be, and everybody that had a, a influence in it, and then the Federal Reserve, um, he spent seven years writing The Creature from Jekyll Island with all of the news clips and different things he had to gather. Now, he was doing some other things, but it still took him seven years to do that book. And wow, I mean, and I have a friend of mine who his dad used to work at the Federal Reserve. I think he was a G-15, I mean, he was way up there. And he told me just last week that he, um, his dad gave the Creature from Jekyll Isle book either to, it was either Janet Yellen or um, Greenspan. And that they, they went through the book and they come back to him and they said, hey, that was very interesting. They did not, did not deny one point of the book. They just said, well, that's very interesting. And so I know that having done my research, I know what G. Edward Griffin talks about is absolutely true. He's documented it to the nth degree. So, um, wow, am I looking forward to that interview on Monday? And I know a lot of you are as well. And that'll probably be something that I publish in End Time Magazine here before very long. So, uh, very good. Okay, thank you, Arthur. God bless you, my friend. I'm going to let you go. Um, let's go to Jim in the truck. God bless Jim. Welcome to the End Time Show. Praise the Lord, Dave. Can you hear me okay, brother? Yes, I can, my friend. How you been? I'm doing all right, man. I've been busy doing some research and looking into things. i got some comments I'd like to make. Okay. And uh, basically, I don't know if you've heard of Derek Johnson, but in 
collaboration with the things that he's discovered through legislation of the United States of America, mm-hmm. uh, certain things have come into play that actually solidify the plan that they have. And the plan is, is that I still, I believe according to what he's done, and he's shown me how to do this, and I've done a lot of research into this, is that uh, this basically backs up what we believe that the wings of a great eagle are going to protect the woman with the 12 stars on her head for three and a half years. Yes. And what this is also showing, not only that, it's they. the problem is, is they think the whole world is going to be saved and have just kumbaya around the world. But that's we know, according to the Word of God, that's not going to happen. Now, I just watched a video, if I can say it, it's called The Greatest Show on Earth, mm-hmm. put out by... Uh, Al- name Dave Alvere and Derek Johnson was the one that helped with all the issues that were going on mm-hmm. talking about how this government right now is still run and this is basically the biggest movie going on right now in, on the earth okay this is all done with Trump running the military right now he's still the commander-in-chief okay and this is all according to current legislation that's on the books right now and even the guy that's not Biden, I don't believe that's Biden, okay? We're going to find these things out. This is what, if you see the movie, I'm just suggesting that people see the movie, but here's the problem, and I, and we need to pray for these people, all right, that we this basically solidifies what we believe the Bible says, because the Bible is number one, all right? Right. The Bible says that, you know, the man needs to receive the power, okay? And if you're not having the power of God in you, then you're not, you're going to be outside of it. So they need to get the power. So what I'm trying to say, and another thing I wanted to mention real quick and see what you have to say about this, okay. is the national debt clock. All you got to do is ask your phone, show me the national debt clock. Mm-hmm. Right now, the, the fiat dollar is dying, and it's actually showing you on the debt clock. The other day, actually today it changed too. Now, not only is the debt clock, but the dollar supply going in reverse. But also, the income taxes are in reverse. So it's not. It was only doing that for about a, a month or three weeks now. The debt clock. Now all of a sudden today, it's also going along with taxes. So that's interesting stuff. That's showing you that something's about to change. Mm-hmm. We're about to go back on the gold standard, and we're not going to go to that digital currency, which means we are not going to become part of the mark of the beast. Which yeah. is, boom, I feel, I feel the Spirit of God talk about this. This is huge <laughs> stuff as far as I'm concerned. But I just want to know, what do you know about this, and have you heard any of this? Well, and so the movie, Dead Brother, I'm sorry, yeah. No, no, so the thing is, is that um, at, at this point, Jim, I, ha- I could only speculate. Because I've, been, I've talked to many uh, people. I've got a, guy, a friend of mine who was a... a, a um, a financial advisor in the Trump administration, and I've talked to I talked to a great friend of mine who's a, a very high level um, CPA in America. I mean, he's got movie stars, and he's dealing with all kinds of people. I'm not going to mention his name, but the thing is, is that a lot of these guys are telling me they believe that the dollar is going to collapse. Now, can will we go back on a gold standard on all these things? I don't know. I got I, I've got a friend of mine. Um, actually, it's Kevin Freeman who uh, works with the Economic War Room with Glenn Beck, he's the one that's trying to pass that gold back um, digital dollar here in, Ameri- in uh, Texas. 
and but they haven't been able to get it passed yet. So I know there's a lot of people trying to do a lot of stuff. However, I don't know how it's all going to play out. I do know that the Bible says that the United States is going to stand with Israel. We're not going to be part of the world government. We're going to stand with Israel against the dragon, it says. Well, the dragon's efforts in the end time are to establish his physical kingdom here on the earth. So how all this plays out, I, I, I know how it ends up, but how we get from here to there, the Bible doesn't give us those answers. And so all I do is, all I can do, Jim, is to say, okay, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the prophecies say. I know how that's going to end up. But step one, two, three, and four, how would we get from here to there? I don't know the answer to that. Those will be some of the things, Jim, that we have to simply live through to, to, um, and just trust God on. Because Here's the deal, Jim, and I want everybody to hear this, is that if God gave us every single answer to every little thing, then we wouldn't have to have faith and trust Him, right? God, if you look throughout the Bible, God didn't give them all the answers. He told Abraham, you get up out of your, from your uh, kindred in your homeland and you go to a place that I'm going to show you. That's all Abraham had and he got up and left. Well, now here we are in the end time and God's, God has told us, here's what's going to happen in the end time. And he lays out the events. But he doesn't give us step 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 ahead of that. He just shows us what's going to happen. So... We've got to, it, it, it makes us trust God. That's what he wants. He wa the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I've got to have faith. I've got to trust God. I've got to be led by his spirit like they did was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night in the Old Testament. If we're being led by the cloud, if we're having a relationship with God, he'll lead us all the way through all this stuff. And that's the most important thing. Some of this legislation about Trump and all these things, I don't even know how to speak to that because there's so much speculation going on. And, um, you know, I, I just know what the Bible says, and that's what, that's what we're going to have to stick to, Jim, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I agree. But, you yes. know, he did tell Abraham to go somewhere. He gave him that. And what I'm just saying is this, is that yeah. God says we see through a glass darkly. Right? Amen. So that's what he says. So yep. what we're going to do is he's given little bits of – this is a, a clue to the – to his power, that he is going to protect us, that the prophecy that we've been speaking about for years is definitely going to come to pass. We are going to be here to protect Israel. That's what I'm saying. Yes, sir. But here's another thing. That Federal Reserve is not a, is not a United States entity, okay? It's owned abroad yes. by Britain, okay, by the families that are trying to destroy us, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And this is what's coming to pass. This debt clock going backwards is going to be the end. The Treasury is going to pick up and it's going to be a new treasury note backed up by gold, okay? okay. Which is going to preserve the United States. So the rest of the world is, they're saying the rest of the world is going to be part of it. This is what I do know. Okay. And the legislation that's on the books is current because Trump signed the War Powers Act before, in 2019, because he saw, and he knew this before this, though. I've done a lot of research into this. I see what's yeah. happening, right? So okay. I'm just saying... We need to keep our eye on it and absolutely. look at it. But if you look at the debt clock, anybody out there, Dave, you look at it. Yes, absolutely. Pass the phone. All right, Jim. Well, I hate to hate to let you go. I, I'm coming up on a break here, but um, I'll certainly look into all you're saying. I'll get our team on it, and uh, we'll make sure that we'll keep everybody abreast of the situation here. And so, hey, man, looking forward to that interview on Monday. We'll get off into a lot of these things come Monday with G. Edward Griffin. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God.
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. Welcome back, everybody, and um, certainly looking forward to that interview again with G. Edward Griffin coming up here on Monday, and there's so much going on in the world today, and G. Edward Griffin wrote about this stuff years, like decades ago, and everything he's talked about, because he did his research, and, and everything he talked about is coming to pass, just like he talked about. Now, I'm not saying he's a prophet, his books are not Bible prophecy, no, but he wrote about the Federal Reserve and the United Nations and how the, the, the um, European bankers and things come over here and are trying to take over America and implement socialism here. He did that from a strictly secular view. There's nothing Bible prophecy about his books. However, if you understand Bible prophecy, then you can look at some of these things and say, oh my goodness, this is exactly what's happened. Imagine if we didn't have his books. How would we know about the Federal Reserve? So he's a very important um, part of our uh, of our reading that, you know, I, if you've never read these books, I know they're giant, but they're, once you get into them, it's not, in, it's not as intimidating of a read as it looks. And so I would encourage you to maybe get some of these books and, um, and go through them. And he's got many others. Those are just the two that are, you know, on the top of my list because they are, it, it's exposing Bible prophecy in the end time. World government and, and the, the uh, taking over of um, our banking system controlling our economy, it's socialism. Socialism is the e economic wing and communism is the same. It's all headed in the same direction. Communism is the political ideology. They're synonymous terms. Communism, socialism. A lot of people say, I, mean, I had a guy who was a professor one time that said, oh, socialism and communism have nothing to do with each other. I just looked at him like, what college are you teaching at? I couldn't believe it. But the fact of the matter is, they are synonymous terms. They're all headed in the same direction. Go to the Communist Party USA. Go to their party platform. They just updated it. If you read down through there, they say, we want to implement socialism on the way to a higher phase communism. We've got to get a hold of the economy of a nation. Then we can implement the political part where we can dictate to everybody. That's really what's going on here in America. So looking forward to that interview, aren't you? Now, uh, let's go back to the phones here. Eugene in New York. God bless Eugene. Welcome to the End Time Show. 
Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good, Eugene. How are you? Great. Okay. I seen a Jesse Woods show on TV. Uh-huh. And they showed a woman putting a thumb on the computer and paying for the groceries. Okay. Now, how does that work? Okay. You have to just mark the abuse for that or what? No, no. So the thing is, a, a lot of people are going to um, digital forms of payment. Fingerprinting, palm scans. Um, some people have had chips in their hands to even buy bus tickets and uh, uses Bluetooths and all kinds of different things. The thing is, is that somebody might ask, are these precursors to the Mark of the Beast system? Everything that is used to biometrically identify an individual, whether the creators of it understood what it would be used for eventually or not. I don't think all of them, the guy who invented uh, Mark of the Beast, so let me put it to you like this. Some of these things, a lot of people talk about AI and chat GPT and all this stuff and everybody gets scared out of their mind. The thing is, all of these things can be used for good. They can certainly be used for bad. Fingerprinting, that's your, uh, let's answer your question here. So fingerprinting, yes, that can be used for, um, to identify you and from everybody else, your own personal identification number uh, biometrically from any other person on the earth. Okay, the Bible says they're going to be, that he's going to give everybody a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. So people have linked fingerprinting to that. The thing is, fingerprinting can be used for a good thing. If somebody was to break into your house, and take a bunch of stuff, and they left their fingerprints everywhere. And the, um, the teams come in from the police department, and they find a certain individual's fingerprints everywhere. You're going to be happy, right? Because then they'll go to that person's place where they're living, and hopefully get all your stuff back. So a fingerprint could be used for a good thing at that point. However, if it's used in the future to identify you and to pull you into this world governing system and all that through fingerprints, facial recognition photographs, um, a totally digital society, moving off of cash and eventually putting chips in people and all this other stuff. Now, when you get into that, it's going to be bad. So these things, chat GPT, AI, all this stuff can be used for something good, but it can also be used for bad. It's like the internet. I basically make my living on the internet and then talking about things that I find. But yet, and of course, I've read so many books, my eyeballs are about to fall out. But the thing is, is that the internet can also be used for horrible things. We put our message out on the internet. We, we teach the gospel of the kingdom of God across the internet. But yet there's pornography and there's the dark web, which has horrendous stuff I don't even want to mention on there. And pornography is, you know, that's, I don't even really want to talk about that. But there's horrific things on the internet. So it can be used for good or bad. So some of these things, you know, the guy that invented the fingerprinting, you know, way to find things, I don't know if he was eventually, if he was saying, well, hey, this could be the mark of the beast someday. What's happening is, is there, there are people that are, um, they're creating these different ways of identifying people, but there will come a time when the Antichrist will usurp authority over a global identification system, whether it's fingerprints, facial recognition photographs, chips under the skin, a certain card you have to carry, national ID card, I don't know. But he's going to usurp authority over a fully functioning identification system, 
and use that to economically sanction individuals to get them to bow down and to pledge um, their allegiance to him, thereby worshiping him. So that's where I see a lot of this going. To give your fingerprint right now to get your driver's license and all this other stuff, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, will I give my fingerprint at some time to buy something? I mean, I guess if we moved off of cash and I had to, yeah, I probably would. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, would I ever take a mark of identification on my person? No. I'll never take a chip. I'll never take a, any kind of a mark on my hand or on my forehead or on my person at all. I'll never do that. So it, we'll have to navigate these waters until they ask us to do something that goes against the Word of God. That's the key, everybody, is I can't take a mark on my person. The Bible says, Revelation 13, 16 through 18, that they'll give everybody their, a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and without that, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. So I can't take a mark in my hand. I can't take a chip, an invisible tattoo, any of that kind of stuff on my person. But would I give my, would I give my fingerprint to uh, get a driver's license? Yeah. Would I give my fingerprint to maybe purchase something in the future? Perhaps. Doesn't mean I've taken the mark of the beast. But I can't do anything that goes against the Word of God. That's the key here. A lot of people get scared to death about a lot of stuff. I'm not teaching prophecy as fear. I'm teaching prophecy as a, a, an igniter for evangelism. Because we don't have much time to reach 8 billion people on the earth with the gospel of the kingdom of God. But Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom would be preached to the whole world, then the end would come. So what's my role as a Christian? Teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. But I also ha will have to navigate the mark of the beast and all these other things. So the only thing I cannot do is I can't do anything that's contrary to the word of God. That's why it's of utmost importance that everybody out there understands Bible prophecy. God put that one-third of the Bible in there for a reason. It's, he didn't just need filler. It, 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 it's in there for a reason. It's to help us navigate the times just ahead, to build our faith in the Word of God, and to ignite us for evangelism and revival. Uh, and so, very, very important. So, I hope that answers your question, Eugene, um, and about the fingerprints and any other thing, facial recognition photographs or anything like that being precursors to the mark of the beast. Um, and so, um, thank you for the call, and God bless you, my friend. Yes, it does. God bless you. Thank you. So let's go to um, Pat in New Hampshire. God bless Pat. Welcome to the End Time Show. Good afternoon. How are you today? I am doing tremendous. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Good. Um, I have a curious question. Uh, there's not a lot about the remaining prophecies about the end to be excited about. Yes. But one of the things that is to be excited about is the coming big revival. Yes. And I was wanting to know what the timing of that might be. Yes. So I, from a minister's standpoint, having, I, I work with the fivefold ministry of the church. I'm working with apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists all over the world, missionaries. And I see revival happening now. And because I'm working, I'm, I know it's happening in Israel and there's things happening in Slovenia and China. Last week I was just um, with a friend of mine 
who stood in my office about 15 years ago, and he's a Chinese uh, guy, and he said, Dave, he said, I'm over several underground churches in China, and he said, if your material was only translated into Chinese, he said, you do not realize how many people this would affect. So I reached back behind me. I'd been teaching Bible studies with DVDs, our DVD set, Understand the End Time. I reached back behind me, grabbed the set, and I handed it to him, and I said, look at the bottom left-hand corner. He looked at it, and it said, translated into the eight major languages of the world, and one of them was Chinese. You should have seen the look on this guy's face. I said, take that and go win China. And so the last week, that happened about, it was 12 or 15 years ago. Last week, I had a, at our general conference, our global general conference in Indianapolis, I had a gent, little, short Chinese guy walk up to me. He's about probably 5'2". And he said, uh, Pastor Robbins, he said, I, I uh, shook my hand. And he started talking to me about all this stuff that's happening in China and different things he's involved with. He's on a Chinese television program. And I said, well, years ago, I didn't recognize him. I said, years ago, I gave a guy a set of DVDs that were translated into Chinese. I said, go win China. He said, I'm the guy. He said, we have won so many people over there. The Chinese government makes it very difficult if you understand what's going on there. Um, but he said, it, we've reached so many people. And he, he was telling me about this big uh, revival that's going on even in China. And um, I've talked about to different people around the world about revival and different things that are happening and efforts to reach people uh, in the end time. So with that said, I believe from my perspective, it's really all in how you look at it and what you're involved in. I see revival happening now. However, the Bible talks about a specific time of revival that happens in Revelation chapter 7. The Bible says that at the end there, there's going to be a, a, a remnant of Jews, 144,000, that will be sealed. And then John said, I, and he's seeing a future vision of heaven. But then he turns in, in uh, Revelation 7, 9, and he says, And then I beheld a multitude no man could number, out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. And he said, and I, he, the elder asked him, he said, John, who are these individuals that have washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb? And, uh, and being cleansed, and he says, that John says, I don't know. And the elder says, these are they that have came out of great tribulation. And so the, it, the timing of that is in the future now. So I know there's great revivals happening uh, at specific times, but I also know that revivals happening around the world. Even back when Jesus was here, he said the, the, the uh, harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There's always somebody to reach in the earth, Pat. And there's great times of revival happening now in Israel, around the world, and in the end time. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. 
You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Well, God bless everybody. Welcome back. And um, I'm going to go straight back to the phones here. And we, uh, well, I talked to Pat uh, originally. I don't know if she's still with me or not, but uh, I want to say thank you, Pat, for a, a great question because you mentioned something about great revivals in the future. I believe revival's happening now. There is going to be a great time of revival. My uh, God was speaking to my father-in-law. My father-in-law was praying years ago. And my father-in-law was a uh, started getting into prophecy when he was about 19, 20 years old. This would have been about uh, 1964, 1965. And my father-in-law was a, an evangelist, a revival teacher, a, a soul winner, a, 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 just, a, just a, um, a firebrand, if you ever knew him. And he started teaching prophecy and different things, but he had been taught his entire life that prophecy um, that they're, they're the, all of the events of the end time were apocalyptic and that, you know, it's a scary, doomy, gloomy type situation. However, God spoke to him at one point and said, Irvin, you've been looking at this wrong. Not that his interpretations of the prophecy that God had given him were wrong, but he said this end time scenario, he said, you've been taught your whole life that these were apocalyptic events and that, you know, Satan is going to just uh, do all these things in the end time. But God spoke to my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, and he said, Irvin, I have created, I have created all these end-time events to set the stage for this last great end-time revival. And so, um, I, I mean, I thought about that and I thought, well, hold on a second. Well, I've, I've been looking at this all wrong. The thing is, is that during the time of a world government, back when Jesus was here in the Apostles, they were under the reign of Roman soldiers. That's, the, that's why Roman soldiers were in Jerusalem all throughout the reign there. And when Jesus was crucified, there were Roman soldiers. Jesus was taken before Pontius Pilate, which was, who was Roman. And uh, th so there was a world government there. So all they did in the New Testament, you read the New Testament, all of that was done under the reign of a world government. But what was their goal? Preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God, because the end time is now. Well, they taught it as um, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because for them, if they only had 70 or 80, 90 years, they all had a time limit. The kingdom of heaven was at hand for them because they only lived so long. If, it, if they would have lived 2,000 years, then they wouldn't have been preaching that, right? So for us today, I could be taken out of here at any time. So I've got to preach to people the gospel of the kingdom of God. Repent, get in church, be born again, because the Bible says this is the day of salvation. There's not one person on the planet that, has to, that is promised tomorrow. And so when I look at this end time scenario ahead of us, yes, we do talk about the mark of the beast and the, the, all these different, the world government and all these things that will happen. But what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be in fear mode and running and hiding in a cave somewhere and up in Alaska or something? No. My goal is just like Jesus and the apostles. Jesus said, I come to seek and save that which was lost. 
And he, he came to restore sonship, and then he came to win souls. He looked, the Bible says, when he looked over the masses, he had compassion upon them because they were like, a, they were like sheep with no shepherd. And he, he, the Bible says he prayed the, of the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest because the harvest was plenteous, but the laborers were few. Jesus came to reconcile people back to God. They lost sonship with Adam and Eve. Sonship was restored when Jesus Christ, uh, at the act of Calvary. And so that's what Jesus came to do. And then he sent his disciples to preach the exact same message. You go preach. He said when, uh, in Acts 1, when he's getting ready to leave, he said, you tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And when that power comes, you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. When you receive the power of God, the Holy Ghost, it makes you want to tell people about it. And because that's our goal. So in the end time, I do see all of these, uh, these events that will come ahead of us. But it ignites me as an evangelist to reach the world, not to be scared. The apostles and them, they weren't scared. Jesus wasn't scared. And they were simply evangelist, evangelist, evangelist. And the religious sect of the day, they couldn't stand it. And they said, they brought them in and said, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Yes, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's my commission from God. So if you're a Christian today, that's your goal, to fill this world with your doctrine, the doctrine that's given in the Bible, the Apostles' Doctrine. Okay, wow, man, this is awesome. All right, uh, so let's go, to, um, let's go to Timothy in Georgia. God bless Timothy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello. Um, I just got a question about uh, tithing. Because <laughs> I feel like God's checking me on how I'm giving, okay. and, and I want to get this right. And, yeah. and so is tithing an old type and shadow of what is in the new covenant that we have now? And how do we figure out what we should give? Is, does it have to be currency? And how do we figure out a specific number, 10% of a specific number of an overinflated dollar that's lost 80-something percent of its purchasing power since it's been in existence? Yeah. So it, here's the thing. It, you asked the question about is tithing an Old Testament type and shadow of maybe a spiritual reality in the new or something like that. The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus mentioned tithing in the New Testament. Did you know that? He said, yes. Ma Matthew 23, 25, or 23, 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe, okay, tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have outwitted, out, uh, omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment and mercy and faith. He said, these, you, these ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone. So Jesus actually mentioned tithing in the New Testament. So it's not a, the Old Testament tithing was not a types and shadows of things that come in the New. You still, now I'm not going to get into every verse and we're going to go down a, a, a big trail here because I got a lot of other calls I want to get to. But the thing is, right. today we should still tithe a tenth of your gross. Okay? Now, you, you, whether it's an inflated dollar or whatever it is, your gross paycheck, it, I believe that you should pay a tenth of that. And then you, the other question is, uh, perhaps would be tithing and offerings. Offerings comes out of your heart. God's blessed you. I want to give to the church. The church needs to have the light bill paid and this, that, and the other. 
And so um, I want to attend a church. When I go to church here in Texas, I want the air conditioning on. Well, that costs money. So I give my tithing and I give in offerings and I give to different things to the church because I want to support the church, the building fund and all this other stuff because I believe in the church. The church is the body of Christ. Um, and I'm a part of that. So the thing is, I, I believe the teacher, the, the, the Bible teaches that in tithing and offerings. And, you, you know, there's a lot of other scriptures and a lot of other things that come into play. But just for the sake of a real quick answer on the radio today, um, that's what I believe the Bible teaches, Tim. Thank you. I yes, sir. God bless you, my friend. I do thank you for the call. Okay, uh, let's go to, let's see, who was next? I think Gary in Texas. God bless Gary. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hi, Dave. Um, in Jones 37.7, I was taught as a young Christian that fingerprints and palm prints were in the Bible, and they gave the scripture where he sealeth up the hand of every man that all men may know his work. Okay. And when we talk about biometric ID mm -hmm. and talk about chips being exclusively the mark of the beast, mm -hmm. Well, somebody could take a knife and dig that chip out of their hand. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't remove your iris scan. You right. can't change your fingerprints or your palm prints. I mean, there's no two alike. Right. And so my question would be, for somebody to pay with that, I mean, it seems like uh, scary to me, for number one. I mean, and, and we talk about pledging allegiance to the, mark, to the beast. Mm -hmm. Well, people would have to consent to be able to pay and pledge your allegiance to buy and sell. Right. You know, with facial scannings at the airport and iris scanning. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't duplicate that. People could cut a chip out of their body. Right. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, certainly. So the thing is, is that if, um, man, what did I do one time? I'll tell you what I did. I went down to TBN their studios that they had down here in Dallas. We were going to go down there and look at their studio, a lot of different things. And they had a palm reader in there that they could identify their employees when they come in. Now, they took an original palm scan of their hand, and then when they come in to be, have access to the building and this, that, and the other, they would just scan their palm. Now, would I say that individual has taken the mark of the beast? No, I would not. Because... The Bible says that the false prophet and the Antichrist, the Bible says, and he, which is talking about false prophet there, but it also means the Antichrist, their global governing system, they're going to give everybody a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. Without that, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. Those guys are not able to give somebody their fingerprints and their eye, eye scans, their retinal scans. That comes from God. Now, could they give you a number associated with this? Certainly they could. But the thing is, is that me putting my fingerprint to purchase a bag of groceries, that's not taking the mark of the beast. According to Scripture, it would be, there's two things you should never do. Never take a mark of identification on your person and never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist, thereby worshiping him. So, if it's the same thing as if I have a card, Gary, if I, if I pay for something with a debit card, that's the same thing as me using a fingerprint. There's no, there's no difference in that. They're using the card to identify me. They're using my fingerprints to identify me. And so I don't see any of that as, in, as any difference. I don't think we could separate it all out and say, okay, if you gave a fingerprint, then that's the mark of the beast. Now, now I will tell you, when the, when the beast comes on the scene, 
and they say, okay, the, the, the fingerprints are what we're going to use for, you know, um, identification globally and, and you have to use that. There may come a time when we would opt out of that, but I'm saying over the next few years, before the beast even comes on the scene, if I use my fingerprint to pay for something, let's say we move into a cashless society, and I don't even know if we're going to do that. But if I was to use my fingerprints for a, um, you know, to enter a building or something like that, I don't think you've taken the mark of the beast. One thing I would not do, and that I've told people, is I would never put a mark of identification because that's specifically what the Bible says is going to happen. I know a fingerprint can be used for identification, and I know a retinal scan can be used for identification but I would never allow anything to be placed on my body. The Bible says he's going to give, a, give everybody a mark in their right hand or their forehead, without which they won't be able to buy or sell. So I, I know it kind of gets, um, can kind of seem confusing a little bit, but I'm just saying I'm going to err on the side of caution rather than, you know, I mean, I'll watch this stuff. And when it comes time to where they ask me to violate the word of God, then I'll have to say, no, can't do that. It's just like um, the pastor I interviewed on Wednesday. He was complying with the church mandates from the government until they started allowing strip clubs and all these other bars and big box stores and everything to open up, but they still held a restriction on the church. Then he said, no, this isn't right. It's not equal. You're not treating us fair. But if everybody across the board was shut down, then he would say, okay, I got to comply with that. All right, man, I hope that answered your question, Gary. Um, ah, man, time's run out of us, folks. So uh, if, here's the deal. Mark and Abel, if you can email me, drobbins at endtime.com, I'm happy to banter back and forth with you through my email um, to make sure we got it all uh, correct here and get your questions answered. But I know I'm coming up to the end of the program here. And I do thank each and every one of you for listening to us. And I want to say God bless each and every one of you. Keep us in, our, in your prayers. We're going to be going to Israel again uh, very soon and looking forward to some stories coming from over there. God bless.